Welcome to TCP, the TMZ edition, where we only talk about drama, no, nothing else, just drama today. Uh, it's 256, and yesterday was a no drama episode, today is the all drama episode, and to uh, to kick off the drama, I'm going to start some of my own drama, so here we go. Um, I predicted that the Mayhem would indeed beat the London Spitfire, so there you go, that's my drama. What were you guys doing? Is getting this, getting that pred horribly wrong. Is this wrong. trying to Painful squeeze wrong. the last bit of dopamine out of this weekend until you we get to the Toronto match where you predicted that they would beat the Atlanta Reign? <laughs> I, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna enjoy myself for as long as I can until we get to that match. <laughs> Smart strategy. Sure. That match happens. It, I'm just gonna forget. It, uh, I'm just gonna pretend it didn't happen. So yeah. it's all good. Ah, uh, we we will sure. remind you, won't we, Joe? I mean, we also did predict Vancouver to beat Toronto, so you know there's there could be some extra revelry well, for. I'm feeling good about Admiral. this. I'm feeling good about this. Uh, okay. I'm pretty sure Toronto's right. good. No, I'm pretty sure Toronto's uh, going to be found. Um, yeah. So if you obviously the week's games has started now, and uh, mm-hmm. this recording is kind of in the middle of that, so we're not going to really be talking about the games just yet. It just so happened that. Um, at least one match had finished by the time we recorded, so just kind of wanted to gloat a little bit. Um, yeah, yesterday things happened. Yesterday it was a day of things happening, and oh boy, did they happen! Uh, what a what an insane! <laughs> I'm subtweeting really hard. Yesterday I subtweeted hard, mm. and someone's like, "Wait, but you? What, what is the news?" It's like that's the whole point. It's like you have to wait till today. Uh, yeah. we, we, we subtweeted all of the last episode because there was just no point getting into it until we're going to actually get into it, which is now. Yeah. So, 256 brought to you by Avril Vista Bebe, Battlecrab, Refine Bean, Bronzebot Buhal, Chari, Picasso, Chris R34444, Cash67, Lolshin, Porkchop Sammy, Rex Zane, Volumel Smooth Nuts, and Your Misery with YouTube members Ice Ham Jello, William Jesse, Vishmam, Fire Element 6, AK, and Chris R. And uh, also, special shout out to our partners, Juked. Which, by the way, is another platform where, if you want to, you can discuss the drama. True. And it probably would be a little bit more uh, healthy, less toxic, because Juked, uh, the sponsors of this episode of Tactical Crouch, um, take a hands-on approach to trying to deal and reduce toxicity. Um, if you're not familiar with Juked, it's, an ad, it's a social media app that's been focused and tailored to kind of catering to the needs of esports and gaming fans. So if you're an Overwatch fan, I would assume if you're here, you probably kind of are. Um, if you're interested in you know catching up with contenders or trying to get ahead of the curve and looking at some of next year's rookies, and you're not sure when contender starts, you're like, hey, when does Talon play? Hey, when does O2 Blast play? Hey, when, when does, uh, you know... I can't think of an EU team right now, but pic- picture an EU team. You know, you're looking for those schedules. Juke has you covered. If you're interested in multi esports, Juke also has you covered. They have some uh, also, uh, I think, job postings as well that they've recently added. So get on mm-hmm. top of that. Check all that stuff out. It's a good place to kind of uh, circumvent a lot of the toxicity that you know other apps you know could could lead you down. Uh, so on top of staying up to that, you can, uh, again, take take interest in those schedules, any kind of breaking news that we're going to kind of discuss as well. Um, but they also just added a new live chat feature that just started today with some of the the live matches. So I was in there kind of chatting with everybody about the Florida London game there for a little bit. So go check that out if you're itching for some for some Twitch chattery, but not as spammy and YouTube just doesn't do it for you. But 
Uh, we also have to get to our juke award of this week, which went to a couple of folks who answered the ever hot question of who is going to be the best Junker Queen. Yuska and I kind of talked oh. about this a little bit earlier, but uh, today we have user Gunchpot claiming that Hawk is going to go nuts with the JQ. We have some uh, someone by the name of Samson as well, and APAC, I think Fury and Void will have to... will have been able to put on a full grind on her and lead the way, uh, quote, if Philly doesn't try to just force Wrecking Ball with Bell's Rhea. Um, and then you have... A, a very in-depth and uh, pretty thought-provoking <clears throat> post from J.S. Santorelli. Hopefully I'm saying that right. Um, kind of going through some of their top teams. I think Dallas-Boston was in there too. Um, giving some shout-outs to Reiner and Hawk and Smurf. But, you know, really kind of going in-depth. So shout-outs to you guys for really kind of putting your thinking caps on, looking at some of the the top Junker Queens. Um, anybody from you guys with these first couple games kind of standing out? Any anybody that's like really out there? Anything someone that you're does. looking forward towards? Someone does. Okay, I'm here for it. I'm gonna say who, but someone. <laughs> Fair. Um. Well, I, I guess by the time um you guys listen to this, it's probably already been proven. But <laughs> I got my, you know, as a as a good scrimboxian, I got my ear to the ground and asked around. Like who's really convincing on on Junker Queen? I mean, you you already knew it was going to be Hanbin, right? Like you like you could have that that's the guy you bet on basically. Now also yeah. the importance of Genji is back. The importance of Lucio is back. So this might just be not that bad of a meta for uh f the fuel. That's, that's what I said yesterday. Yeah, I literally said that yesterday. Yeah. So you know I think I'm on the money too. Basically, what Yuska's trying to say uh, when he has his ear to the ground is he fucked around and found out. True. He found out a yes. fuel are kind of good. Yeah, no, get, like, get, your, get, your, get your dopamine in. Toronto is coming. Yeah. Um, and Toronto's, and, and, you know, because you've got your ear to the ground, you also heard that Toronto was really good because that's uh, definitely what I heard. I, uh, I didn't hear people anything don't talk about, about it. That's Toronto. what I want to hear. That's, that's the, what I want to hear. It's the forbidden team so, to talk about. Actually, you know, I feel like either Hanbin or. Fearless could have been good because, as I mentioned yesterday, like, there's no precedent for like which tank discipline is better at Junker Queen. Yes, it could be it could be either the off tank or the main tank player. Literally, could be anybody. Yeah. So it's a very interesting here in that way. Um, yeah, but we will enjoy all discussion about who's good at Junker Queen, who's winning what games. On our next episode, what I love doing during these episodes now is talking about what we're not going to talk about and talking about what we will be talking about next episode, but not this episode. And then finally, we'll actually talk about this episode, which is right now. Um, so, yeah, all the news happened yesterday. We waited 24 hours to see if anything else could come out. And it didn't. That's all good. Because uh, still some good entertainment on the Bird app. Uh, one of those unmoderated apps, you know how it is. Bit of a wild west. Not the exceptionally clean and orderly Juke GG where things are discussed without all the clownery of Twitter. So speaking of clownery on Twitter, where do we begin? Um, I suppose we gotta. I suppose the biggest one has to be the Washington Justice News, featuring yours truly on this. Uh, panel, Yiska, who wrote the article. 
So should I leave it to you to do a bit of a summary? You yeah. don't have to read out your article, but I mean, like, yeah, what's the A to B on that? So basically, I released a report uh, based on um, sources that I talked to that um, because of the financial situation of the Overwatch League, the uh, the Washington Justice are going to drastically downsize their competitive cost, uh, <clears throat> which will see. I mean, the reduction of competitive costs unfortunately does apply, imply that you want to reduce salary costs and you want to uh, like incur buyouts from other teams and try to get as much out of and squeeze as much as you can possibly can. Um, and this has manifested in a way that the Washington Justice has tried to shop all of its players Um not just to get the buyouts, but also to, you know, presumably uh, decrease their um, their overhead or rather like their salaries. Um, mm -hmm. And I mean, this arrives at an, a massively inopportune time because we're currently, as we record the podcast right now, exactly a week away from the uh, end of the trade deadline. Now, the trade deadline this year around is a little bit weird. And it takes a little bit to understand why this is a, a specifically precarious situation for these players. So the trade deadline this year is only in the literal center trade deadline, meaning mm -hmm. Overwatch League players with active Overwatch League uh, contracts that... Um, that upon uh, the 18th and then midnight, so into 19th, whoever at this point has an active Overwatch League contract is only eligible to play for the team they are currently signed to for the rest of the season. Meaning, if the Washington Justice was to not release its players prior to that event was not to find someone to buy out these players at the time. They could be released into free agency after, and those players would not be eligible to uh, play for other Overwatch League franchises, ending their, uh, their season just about at midway point. And other franchises would be able to sign them just not play them for the rest of the season. And unfortunately, as the financial situation of the that is implied in this story here um, might inform you of, it is unlikely that a team will sign any of these players just to hold them over until next season, right? Uh, in order to have them. So implicitly in this also, I mean, for some players, this will probably be less of an issue especially those that will could be buy, bought out. But it stands to reason that some Overwatch League careers will die in the next week. If you just think it through. At least for the time being. Yes. Yeah. Um, but maybe not just for the time being, but for... Uh, <clears throat> for uh, like maybe this makes puts them into an undesirable uh, position until next year. Right? Um so 
there are players on that roster that are sort of edge cases, right? That won't be won't have the opportunity to prove uh, that they are worth signing, and it it will be ha- very hard to come back from this, right? It's it's particularly rough to have this happen at this point because here's another quirk to the story that in my opinion is an oversight in the rule set by the Overwatch League. Here's the nightmare scenario for all of these players. Mm -hmm. So something you need to understand of the rules of the Overwatch League is at any given point after I think a date in March the Overwatch League teams mm-hmm. are required to have six active, fully contracted players. Okay? Okay. So, you would think, okay, right, these players for the Washington Justice, well, they, these guys are still ho- held to that contract, or rather the rules by the Overwatch League, meaning six of those players, at least, need to be signed. Like, if the deadline comes, the Justice haven't um, released any of its players, they still need to fulfill those six, right? Right. Kind of. Because here's another important piece of the puzzle. A a Mm. potential scenario is that the justice sit out this window. They don't get anyone, that they don't budge on the buyouts. They don't get any buyers, any action. They Mm. bring those players past the the uh, the deadline on August 18th mm-hmm. upon realizing that these players now no longer hold trade value but are beyond the minimum salary of what they could you could be signing they release these players into free agency only having to I mean okay here's a negotiation clause but uh, as sources have advised a lot of uh, players are on 30, 30 day severances meaning, they will only get a severance in mm-hmm. the order of 30 days of their current annualized um, salary. So that means that the justice is not in a position to have to keep these players. Why not? Because the Overwatch League has allowed teams to sign people with non-active, uh, so th- people that don't have an Overwatch League contract at that time, past the deadline. So, here's the here's the nightmare scenario for all of these players, especially the good ones who you would think would uh create some interest in them. Mm. August 18th rolls around. Teams are trying to get these players, the justice are not willing to uh go down on their buyouts. These play nobody comes to a, an agreement. It's n- August 19th now. The players get fired, get only paid the 30 days severance. They're all getting fired. Someone is going to get signed, like some contenders team, six of them, mm-hmm. for a minimum salary, while all the current Justice players basically only get their severance and won't be able to play in the Overwatch League for the remainder of Season 5. Right? And unable to prove their value. There's, there's nothing at this point that they could be doing that would uh, give them um, a chance at competing in Overwatch League Season 5, right? And as 
new rookies get the opportunity here. I would argue this just puts some of them into a competitive disadvantage where their career is very much in danger. So in this also, which is probably also something that should be mentioned, and is definitely a big story with large implications on the health of this league, is that the reason the Washington Justice uh, are doing this, according to my sources, is that the financial case for Overwatch League teams is very weak at this point. And just looking at what kind of information we have, the viewership is not great. Right? It's not something to the degree which you could have hoped for with the beta releasing, with Overwatch 2 implicitly releasing. Even the sponsorship, uh, sorry, the, the beta activations, the drops that th happened there didn't really help and they kind of blew their load on the streamer activations instead of the Overwatch League activations But because if you remember the first burst where how people got access to the beta was actually through streamers mm -hmm. where we had the peak right. of 1.5 million. After that, like the activations that the Overwatch League then did had a much lesser effect, right? Mm. So that's a problem. Then, due to the uh, the negative press Blizzard Entertainment has had with uh, sexual harassment uh, allegations, sure. the sponsors, we currently only have two league sponsors, which is right. TeamSpeak and Upper Deck. That's not great. This is a, a league that has pride that itself on its ability to sell sponsorships. The mm -hmm. streaming rights deal is up for renewal after this season. It's highly unlikely that we're going to get anything on the order of magnitude that we received, either from Twitch initially or from, sure. uh, from YouTube uh, in 2020. So that's a big question because that is one of its biggest in income sources at this point, right? Like you got to think like the uh, the ref share model is highly dependent at this point on whatever the streaming rights deal is. So mm -hmm. where's the business case for these teams? Where are teams supposed to get their money from? And from what I could find out, the only way to break even at this point, or that the, the, these teams see, is to just go it, go full minimum at it, like the Paris Eternal are doing, like yep. the Los Angeles Valiant, and they're not going to the absolute full extent of minimum minimum, but very close to. Mm -hmm. So if that is the only way to be profitable in year five, then right. we got a problem on our hands. Now, I will say, in the follow-up of this, I have so seen some teams come forward to me with uh, evidence or with, with opinions that there are other ways to be profitable in this. And uh, indeed, there, there are some speculations, and I, I, this is why I can't report this, but th there could be other teams that are uh, profitable. And I think, for instance, the Shock have said as much that they are on the way of profitability. Um, sure. And yeah, so it, it, from the outside, it's very hard to judge the current situation. But nevertheless, one of the 
the teams, especially those that are very business-minded, have now mm-hmm. are in the process of effectively pulling the plug on um, investing more than they need to. And this is a warring situation, right? So beyond that these players are very likely to really get messed up or screwed over in this situation, it is also not a great sign for the Overwatch League's uh, future going forward unless Overwatch 2 pops off or free-to-play helps us, but viewership has to increase, but especially uh, sponsors need to pick up. Of course. I think, just to reiterate, because, you know, there's a lot to unpack there, um, you know, and correct me if I'm wrong, but, like, the TLDR of all of that is Justice could be dropping their entire roster, and if they do so... After August 18th, I believe was the date that you said, both in your report and just, you know, a couple minutes ago, um, that these players would be ineligible to be signed to another team and also play if they were to be dropped prior to August 18th. Yes. Okay. Prior to August 18th, they could be signed to another team and could play for the rest of the season. Afterwards, they could not. Yeah, I think that's like the big like focal point here outside of like the big like sponsorship worrying money. Where's our money? Oh, my God. ROI, you know, all that stuff. Can, so just, can we put a you know, pin into, into that rule, by the way? Like I want to discuss okay. the, this, the idea behind this rule that the league has set because I, I have some issue with that. Um, okay. But yeah, the, basically, so. this is what it comes down to. Um, so, I mean, you would think there's some interest from some parties, um, in... Have to be for some players, right? I I think probably, uh, someone that has to have some market interest is happy. Um, for sure. It's probably, in my opinion, I don't know how you guys feel about this. He's the number one. This is the number one. This is the number one player. That's a player that is still on top of his game, um, Mm -hmm. that, like has never had a reputation of being a uh, like someone that you couldn't slot into any of your rosters. Also, a lot of the trade targets haven't had you before. Um and also like if you if you could get an elite hit scan at this point in the season, you're probably going to massively upgrade for the majority of the teams. There are some trade targets. I mean, that I struggle to find a team that wouldn't upgrade by having Happy. I think, I mean, Dallas is never going to happen, but even Gladiators is, is, would be an upgrade at this point. So we'll see, we'll see how this develops. Um, on the other side, like see, you see, there he's going to the charge. You don't sneak past. You can't sneak that one past me. You you know you you talk Happy's about developing the charge. Yeah, he's going back to the charge. That we got it confirmed, boys. We got him. him. We baited him successfully. That's what I'm talking about. Okay, continue. Listen, listen. All I'm saying is, (laughs) with all of these players from the Justice potentially being let go, Mm. No Hill is once again licking his lips. Yeah, he's like, "Yo, I now have Pelican, Piggy, (laughs) Eris, and all of the Washington Justice to to pick from. This is like a this is like a smorgasbord for the LA Valiant." I'm saying Justice staff got no hill acting up. Ooh. No hill, no hill. Yeah. 
they're all about to act up. Um, I, I want to. <laughs> I want to. I want to clarify one thing with you, Skip, because there is. I I saw uh, potentially for me a pretty triggering comment. I'm sure you would have been triggered by this as well. But to confirm, this is everything to do with justice, executive, whatever management's approach and view on the financial viability and not a performance related thing. 100%. This isn't because this isn't because justice are not performing well or are underperforming and the executives are not happy about that. No, like, okay, I can't say for sure, but I can tell you this much and I can give you a bit, little bit of a, uh, a teaser on the budget tier list that I'm going to put out tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Yes, the justice are slightly underperforming their budget, but not incredibly so. The justice are sitting uh, flush in the middle of NA budget, meaning seventh, and they're mm -hmm. currently ninth in NA. That's not a ridiculous underperformance, as, as you will find out. They are definitely teams mm -hmm. that so far have dodged a lot of the criticism who are tremendously way, underperforming. That's a, that's, that is, that's a hell of a pill to swallow for some fans out there who seem to be convinced that like Washington's yeah. a top spender. They're not. Wait, but you're telling, but isn't decay on a million dollars? No. So that's the, that's what Reddit sounds like on a daily basis. They they apparently think Washington's like as big as fuel or some shit. I'm sure some people think that. Yeah. Because uh, here here was here was a triggering comment is like there are there are fans who legitimately think that this is a performance issue. They're like, no, no, no it's it's because they suck. Yeah. yeah it's, it's it's definitely because they suck. Uh. Yeah, it's, and then there was, and then there was the comments of like, "Oh man, look, they're gonna get rid of their roster, and they're not even gonna touch the coaching stuff." It's like, don't know where you got that. Don't know uh, how that's what you read. But <laughs> Pretty sure that explicitly uh, is is in the piece where it's like, you know, staff and you know, coaching could be also up for debate. You know, also, just throwing uh, that out there. Keep in mind, there's some uh, some inaccuracy in this. There's also worlds where. Yeah. Like the market even overvalues how much uh, the justice are paying their players, so that like maybe they are within range of ex uh, you know performing exactly up to their budget. But it is interesting from what I could find out how their payment structure is built up. There will be some weaknesses in the budget tier list, as you can imagine, because it's a self-reported list. I have some yeah, rather. Course. I, I didn't think I would get as much of a clue, but um, very, it, like very graciously, some some people have uh, opened their books to me, so you will get a much more accurate guesstimation of at least some teams in each tier. Uh, how much they that be under anonymity, yes, or will we get like details on? No. Okay, very cool. Like uh, definitely anonymity, as you can imagine. Like this is not something that he's publishing the book. I'm not even sure if it's legal <laughs> for them to share this, but you will. Sure, yeah, maybe. Like if if I play my cards right, you will have an understanding of what top talent can demand in terms of buyouts, in terms of salaries. You will have an idea of what aspects are considered by these players, how coaches weigh into this, how. Um, they're, the players aren't just after the money, but also prefer right. a good atmosphere to play under a certain mm -hmm. coach, to play, with, coach yeah. to play with certain players. 
to play, right? right? So all of this is um, is going to be uh, described in there, but you will have to understand this is an inaccurate science because it's inherently pe people so, judging other people's pocket. So again, to uh, to confirm, <clears throat> had Justice been a high-performing team, so same roster, same budget, yeah. but if the Justice were performing extremely well, would they still be making the roster wide cut? So... Unless you believe, okay, here's a, here's the thing. Some teams have been able to monetize their competitive success. I think mm -hmm. the shock is among them. But is monetizing success in the Overwatch League is a non-trivial task. It doesn't just come to you. What you could do is just like take all the the price money from your players. That's not that's frowned upon. You're probably not you getting actually can't a good do price. that. Yeah. I don't think you can do that. Yeah, because they're guaranteed fifty percent. Yes. I think that there's a clause in there that you can't take all, but you can take some. But that's not going to recuperate your losses. Our price money is not that high. What really needs to happen is like the added marketing benefits that you might be getting through having high placements, having more uh, airtime, even though I've repeatedly been told that the amount of uh, on-air time that you're getting, for instance, through getting you know, into the finals, therefore having played more matches, it's actually not really a thing you can sell that well to sponsors. Right? Um, there are <clears throat> there are orcs that care a lot about their image as a winning orc. A lot of those are endemic orcs, though. Right? They have those mechanisms uh, developed as to how to monetize excellence more effectively. Right? Um, so... Would this situation be the same? It's impossible to say, but I'm I'm inclined to say this is a non-trivial uh, situation to monetize, and mm -hmm. I my I believe that that wouldn't be the case, and we would would be in but the very same are, situation. You're still you're still putting it back into the monetary value, the financials, because what you're talking about is even if they perform better, they would have to find a way to monetize that properly. To justify keeping the team. Yes. So it still comes back down to the money at the end of the day. So it's not a oh, we we suck and we need to make a yeah. we changes to improve our roster. Because here's the other thing that people are not understanding is people there's there's an unfortunate amount of people who who read your article and think, Oh, this is uh this is the Washington Justice looking to upgrade their roster. Yeah, they they realize they're losing and they gotta be making upgrades to their roster. Uh no. I have a rude awakening for you, buddy. Uh, this yeah. is yeah. <laughs> you're you're Upgrades. about to you are about to get a fucking wake up call on that one. Yeah, sorry, this is not a, this is not a situation where they're getting upgrades. This is them dumping their rosters and going minimum. Yeah, yeah, so. this, yeah if you if you read Yiska's report and assumed, you know, if you if if anything even remotely looking at upgrades, um, was was what you took away from that, um. Well, not even upgrades, just like, I wish. oh, it's a performance thing, and we are looking mm -hmm. to fix our performance. If that's your takeaway from the article, you've misread the article. Yeah, you've you need to reread that. You've misunderstood yeah. the point. So it's a, it is a, financial, a financially driven thing. Even if performance was part right. of that, it, it's performance that then leads into some sort of Correct. financial outcome. So it still comes back to the finance at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. um, okay, so... 
a couple places we can take that conversation now is we can we can move that into where the current financials of the league are because Toronto slash OAM just kind of hence a, there was a report about their spendings over the past year, um, which is harder to evaluate, right? Because there's there, there's two key issues to uh, understand about like that report. A, it's less of a loss than last year, and the Toronto uh, OAM pays a lot more esports salaries than just the OG salary. Because here's, here's the thing. So to, to go into detail a little bit more on that, uh, essentially, um, let me actually find it so I can get the exact numbers, the exact, uh, what do you call it, so I'm not misrepresenting. Trying to define ownership group, which is overactive media, records 5.5 million loss in the first half of 2022, um, which is less than what they have last year. Although given this is only the first half of the year, this is this five point five might increase. Obviously, probably will is obviously due to increase. Yeah. Um. It's it's less than the eight million recorded last year, and less than the sixteen million recorded the year before that. Um. The other thing to note is this is a combined report for all of Overactive Media, which includes Mad Lions and uh, Toronto Ultra, the League of Legends franchise team, and the Call of Duty franchise team as well. So it's all three teams together. Um. Of which, hard to say what they're spending the most. But if I was to guess, Mad Lions easily is the biggest cost because LEC. Yeah, yeah, I have to uh, assume, right? That's a franchise cost, and that's also a pretty major, pretty major expenditure cost. And also, the League of Legends salaries are way higher than I think both COD salaries and also Overwatch League salaries. Yes. So, yeah, but I also like some people would look at that as like, oh, dooming, doom, 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 doom. Oh, if they're losing yeah. five, they're losing five point five million. Oh my god. Yeah, no, no that's not it's done. Esports is dead. Yeah, no, that's, that's like every team. This is like every single team. Yes, most I think most esports well, in teams all esports, in general. In all esports, by the way, yeah. yeah. I think that opens up like a bigger point regarding like just esports as a whole, and like, are we able to make money on a lot of just like this investment, either from like venture capital or just from you know angel investors just kind of like or sponsorship money like are we actually making money in the long run or just have rosters or um player salaries and you know the cost of operations just gotten so high that it just can't i'm um, continue to sustain at this rate i mean that's a bigger topic but, but you know obviously a little bit outside the lens of overwatch yeah I mean, um, this is also like to contextualize this a li little bit. I, of course, talk to a mm -hmm. lot of owner level people in regards to the budget uh, tier list. And sure. you will find that a lot of people mm -hmm. are preparing for winter. Sure. With a, re with a recession coming, an industry like esports, because as, as a recession is uh, impending, marketing budgets dry up. And that unfortunately impacts an industry like esports pretty significantly, right? Mm -hmm. um, so from what, what I heard is that a lot of uh, those esports endemic orgs are expecting salaries to stagnate or downsize over all of esports. It's not just Overwatch League right. that are... Uh, the the thing is like makes our uh, situation maybe a little bit even more precarious because like 
Uh, others have a working system. Yeah, they will have to downgrade. But like, what 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 does that imply about us? But then again, true. We'll we'll see what that means, right? But um, yeah, general generally, like, I think there's reason to believe that um, Overwatch League salaries probably have peaked in past seasons. That we already oh, sure. were yeah. downsizing a little bit, and mm -hmm. that this. Like that, that there's a market correction coming into what yeah. uh, players can be expected to pay, be paid for all of esports, by the way. For all oh, of yeah. esports, sure. and yep. I mean, to to give you a comparison, I think um, I have a stat in mind: 2018, 2019, or something. The LCS had an average average salary of four hundred ten thousand USD, mm -hmm. right? Like. We were pretty far away. The last time we've gotten our average, we were with price money and everything, just above one hundred k as an average yeah, for change. Yeah, yeah. So and the, and the top salaries for LCS were like a million. Yes. Yes. So yeah, yes. something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which definitely dragged up the average as well. Uh, our top salaries are much lower than this, of course. Right. Our top salaries is the League of Legends average salary. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Like, literally yes like and it gets confirmed. tricky to uh to evaluate all of that because like i would love to just tell you a number like and of course that number exists like a player of the caliber of Capstar profit uh you know fleda lip um proper or whatever is expected to make x but it's down to the negotiations it's down to mm. Uh, hitting performance markers, it's down to uh, ha was this player traded in in this year? Because like players in the Overwatch League get part of their buyout themselves. I, I believe it's uh, mm -hmm. twenty five percent. Don't name me to that, but that mm -hmm. that uh, impacts their salary. Some of them have old contracts where um, you know, like they they have uh, probably higher benefits. I think. For instance, someone like Harpe will probably struggle to get a contract of the size that he initially got. So mm -hmm. um, I think, and I hope to bring some some insight into what, what the current standard, so to speak, there is. There's also a very high chance that I'm missing some outliers here and there. But bottom line being like, yeah, this is probably going to stagnate or go down. Then again, there's also phenomena in Overwatch where I cannot tell you how often, I think starting season two, because season one, there were inflationary numbers going around. Like, Of course, it's the hot new thing. You gotta, right. you know, try to try to beat everybody to the punch. Right. Get it? Especially in buyouts, right? But For sure. Um, like, everyone always tells you, there's, this is the catchphrase for you. Mean and lean. Mm. Meaning, like, yeah, yeah. you don't have that big of a roster, but you also don't pay them that much. You know, we're not going yeah. to let this all escalate. And then there's one team that just like slaps one giant uh, like player in the market and signs them to a ridiculous contract, to a ridiculous buyout. And then it just cascades into lunacy where everyone's now like outbeating each other. The market has completely corrected yeah. and we're once again like giving pretty good contracts. Like in my. In my estimation, and this is based on nothing, but my gut feeling is that Overwatch League players are compensated quite well in comparison to what the actual uh, 
market supports in like the percentage of the profits generated or revenue generated okay. it, it, we're gotcha. getting a decent share for the overwatch league players right um mm -hmm. so yeah i think um this this trend like as much as owners might just be sitting here and going like oh yeah we're going to all mean and lean next year as soon as like <laughs> someone puts out a stupid bid i don't know for he sang or something this right. might once again like to get the egos rolling fortunately there are some endemics yeah, in this uh this league who are very much in it to win um and mm -hmm. who are fine with you know spending a little bit more than financially enough, fe yeah. fe feasible some some teams want to win and then you know if they want to if they want to win really badly they will spend a lot of money but like yeah i think i think all esports salaries are inflated now i think the overwatch league sure. salaries are some of the more reasonable ones right they're the more like yeah more reasonable salaries that exist Definitely in esports because I, I think yeah. there's a potential like there's there's again a number of fans are going to be doing this like oh no our highest salary is only average in league of legends like that's it's good. not a bad thing that's, that's a, a good fucking thing. good sign yeah. i mean you guys don't understand LCS. how fucked salaries are in lcs huh? complete bullshit like lcs viewership is actually not that astronomically high right like lcs viewership is like pretty bad at the moment yeah like they get like 40 to 50k viewers okay yeah they have they do both twitch and youtube granted yeah. we only do one of those so technically, they still have double our viewership, but I'm just saying, like, that's like they they are getting a fraction of viewership they used to. But to to bring the back topic back on board, um, to give you an idea, you know, I I got this uh this is an example given now uh from a recent Divinash video. It's like, you know, there are players in the LCS that get paid a million dollar salary, uh, and that could be a multi year deal as well, and for those same teams. A mm -hmm. single sponsorship deal might only be worth a million dollars. So one sponsorship deal for an LCS team Could for the entire point. team is literally just paying for one player's salary. That's it. Yeah. Now a single just sponsorship for, deal. Just for people who aren't aware of who Devin Ash is, that's a former C level executive at a uh CLG. Legends franchise at CLG. Yeah. Former now is, uh, uh, like somebody who would know, basically saying these are the details. Yeah. Wake the fuck up. Like and it's just, a little so someone who's someone who's actually working in like um Correct. is he advising these days? Uh, no, he, well, no, he's doing um he's he's technically a what is it? He's an agency mm. manager. He's he's like he runs an agency for streamers and all that. So he's very knowledgeable okay. and he's done and he's he's been an endemic. He was sports guy, so he's very knowledgeable in terms of like finances. Mm -hmm. Um. But anyway, the point is, is like, yeah, I think our, our salaries are pretty healthy. Um, no one's no one's getting paid unbelievable amounts because you have to remember, like they, these these prices, they they cost the team so much money. Like, there's no way you're you you get an entire sponsorship that's worth a million dollars, and that yeah. just goes all that money just goes to one player. Like, that's what a ridiculous way to run your team. Yeah, um, that's that's so overinflated. So we're we're gonna get a major market correction for all esports players uh which is overdue and much needed For they sure. get paid too much i'm sorry they do um and there's a even for our players there's a lot of other places where they they make up for the difference in um salary so there's teams that like you know some teams will not give their players um housing and like logistical support 
but they will add that into the salary. So for example, they'll just give you, they'll give you another 20K or 30K or whatever, and then not do anything to help you with your housing situation. Then you sort that out, but you also get paid the money to do that. And other teams, you get paid 20 to 30K less, yeah. but then the team gives you housing support or logistical support, yeah. but then you get paid less. So depending on which way you weigh that up, you I mean it's uh, you know you're either getting winning or losing there. Um, mm. And then there's players, you know, uh, a good example is Dogman, who spoke a lot about uh, his finances in the Overwatch League. I think this is especially relevant okay. in season two, two, where he made most of his he made way more than his salary through tournament winning split than right. than his actual contract. Right, he made most of his money through the actual tournament winnings because Atlanta did pretty well. Yeah. So, you know, there's a non, there's a there's a fair number of teams and players where maybe their salary is not amazing, but if they do well in a tournament, and that that prize money split actually ends up giving them a huge bump. Yeah. So there's there's all of that as well. There's there's also some some teams have, um, of course, like we we knew about the whole catering thing or like in-house cook thing for the uh, Philadelphia Fusion. In season one, like everyone, uh, Got us Chef Heidi, yeah. I mean, some yeah. some teams currently right now in the Overwatch League, and keep in mind the number I'm about to tell you is seems high, but if you're like you know in one of the most expensive areas in in the United <laughs> States, it's <laughs> sure, not that yeah. much. G give their place a fifty dollar food stipend per day, so they can pa mm. uh, spend like fifty bucks on Uber Eats per every day? day per day. Yeah. Yeah. But fifty dollars per day is kind of nice. Is different in LA than it is in for sure. Yeah. You know, like very. So fifty dollars per day in LA gets you a side dish and maybe a coke. Yeah, it's <laughs> a it's a subway sandwich and maybe gives you a, chip. And, and not the foot long. That's a six inch no, subway sandwich no, no, no. at best. And no extra no toppings. No extra meat. No nothing. Plain bread. Forget about avocado. Yep. Um, you get you can only have white bread. And no yeah. cheese, actually. You're not allowed to have cheese. And that's $50 no. in LA. Um, yeah. Oh, sorry. And then you have to pay the tax on top of that. So another 50%. It's actually like $70. $75, mm. give or take, once you paid the tax as well. Um, all jokes aside, though, yeah. It's like, there's different ways the, the money's being handled. I, I think, like, as much as, like, as much as it's completely... Here's, here's, here's the thing that's been going around the league so far. And, and from mm. the fan side and the player side... It all looks sure. like shit, and in some ways, oh, course, yeah. it is like it is pretty shitty because you have players that are being intentionally or unintentionally being fucked over. You have yep. these thirty-day contract things coming in, yes, and we're coming in and out. There's there's other there's other real. I don't know if I want to use the word scummy, but there's like real sketchy <laughs> stuff happening as well. Where players, mm. uh, some players may potentially be on rolling thirty-day contracts, which means they're not yep. even getting paid the full fifty k because. Right. If you're enrolling, if you're to get the pay the full fifty k, you have to be paid from from month number one to month number twelve the entire year. But if you're on a rolling contract and the league is only and you're only playing for three months or four months or whatever, then you're only getting that much pay out of the fifty k. You're only getting four months out of twelve months worth of fifty k or whatever the fuck it is. So, yes. like, you're below minimum uh, in that case. So, and some and there's there's some people that didn't even realize they're like, what? That's preposterous, and it is. Yeah. But at the same time. Um, I don't know if I can really blame the teams because the teams are not, you know, just as being a great example. Teams are not in a great financial position. 
Yeah. And it's like, what do you want the teams to do? You just the teams Fine, just have to fucking the teams just have to fucking like shit money out of their pants somewhere. Like, yeah. I don't know. Find sponsors, like yeah, and and that, you want to know a fun story about sponsors? You, you say find sponsors, Lamau. It's like find yeah. sponsors for him. They do, and then the fans are like, "Oh, can't believe X Y Z team just got a crypto sponsor." It's like, what the fuck else do you want them to get? No one else is sponsoring. Yeah, so they're gonna get a crypto sponsor, and then you know what? The crypto sponsor's paying money. So do you want them to get a sponsor or not? Do you want the team to have money or not? You can't have it both ways here. You can you you can't bitch about the players being fucked over and then bitch about them having a crypto sponsor. You don't get to have it both ways. It's also mm. either they get the money, either they get the money to pay the players, or they don't. Which one do you? Which one do you want? Yeah. Pick one, please. Pick one. You don't get both. Pick one. It's also sometimes rather confusing which sponsors cause moral outrage. And I'm not like, for instance, if you if you. Taking okay. Saudi Arabian money, whatever. Like we don't just need to discuss what that means, but it's frequently pretty interesting. Like what what kind of sponsors are deemed like a okay, and which aren't. And if you look at you know environmental impact or like you know human rights issues in both of these companies, like you you gotta feel a way that. Like, maybe we're not measuring with equal sticks here, right? Like, has anyone ever bet an eye about someone accepting a McDonald's sponsorship? Like... Speaking of, didn't Justice have one? I think so. But Justice, by the way, they were pretty... Atlanta, Shock, three teams have had a McDonald's sponsorship. And, for, and, and no. a whole damn contenders region, so, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean... <sighs> No ethical consumption under capitalism, right? Like, um, we, we <laughs> beggars can't be choosers. Otherwise, like, okay, no. Like, it, okay, the, the alternative is for you to pony up and pay for your esports pleasure, but like, yes, you need to go. buy. You need to buy more merch. You need to fucking start paying more money. But the problem with esports fans is they don't want to pay money for things. They they enjoy watching esports for free. Fine, you can you can watch your esports for free. But if you want to live under that and you don't want to pay for your esports, then, then they have to find get, money you elsewhere. Don't get, you don't get to fucking complain about teams taking Saudi money or China money or crypto money or any of that shit. Because if they don't take that money, they don't have money. They just don't have money. They don't have a league. Okay? Like, you can't have your cake and eat it too. You just can't. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. It's, you either accept that or esports is not for you. Sorry. You know, seriously. You can't wrap your mind around that. Then esports might not be right for you as an entertainment product. Think about that. Yeah. Now we've we <laughs> yep. got to find we've got to find better uh, monetization efforts. We got to create more value hard. for the consumer. It's it is. I, I thought we were doing a decent job too, but like lo and behold, like it's just it just doesn't pay for itself with like the you know referencing like the all access pass and the top down cameras and the povs. It's like. Yeah, no. It's a cool little resource. It just doesn't. It's not the content that people are actually willing to pay for to not only keep it, you know, in the gray, but to actually be a monetization well, what, source, not even the, a revenue what source. Was the story, what money. was the story behind that? Like that wasn't even making enough money to justify itself. No. Yeah, it couldn't justify itself. So the they people, stopped. It. You know, the, and I, I saw some real forehead, like, oh, just the leak should just do this comment on Reddit the other day. 
And it's just like one of the one of the one yeah. of the statements in that comment of like what the league should do is like the league needs to bring back command center. I'm like, for yeah, who? We tried that though, yeah. That and shit I'm, wasn't I'm, making enough money. Not yeah. enough. Not fun fact. Not enough people paid for that. Yeah. Not enough yeah. to justify it. Sorry, that's the truth. You don't realize this. You mm-hmm. think it's oh, just turn that shit on. Cool. You and like five other Timmies paid for that, and then ninety nine point nine 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 percent of people didn't pay for it. Look, Hello, okay. Timmy, so. I, and in to some degree, I have empathy towards like our audience and our demographic in our audience mm-hmm. not getting that because, I mean, you haven't been exposed to the harsh realities. Is everyone tells you that they like highbrow content? That they like to consume, sure. like yeah, yeah, yeah. content that they Love like that. like to you know be connected to, but never really mm-hmm. like actually spend money on, right? Like, th- there's there's a book which stay scouted. I think it's called um, uh, pi- Private tr- uh, Truth, Public Lies, and it's about preference falsification, which drives our economy. Like everyone. It's not even that they dis- that, like intentionally deceive you, but like, it, do me a favor. If you're currently sitting in front of your PC, just estimate like what kind of content you consume. Like you might even be someone who says, "Yeah, okay, I read all, through all the major new- newspapers." Now open your browser history and see how much volume of your browsing is going through YouTube Shorts, through TikTok, through Instagram. How much of your day is spent on garbage? And I'm not blaming you. I'm just telling you, your subconscious is not giving you an accurate evaluation of what kind of a customer you are. Like, unless you're a bookworm that has figured out that they are being squeezed for their dopamine receptors, like, to get that one more click in as to create an impression, like, you're probably the product here. And... Like, that's unfortunately how, how, like, people just go after the money, the intention, and where they can monetize, right? And what comes out is a humunculi of an attention economy. And we're not going to get out of this one with highbrow energy. Unless you, you have to be so much better at creating entertaining content. Yes. Like, do you, like <laughs> it takes, like, can, can you imagine... In order to compete with like the average YouTube top YouTube uh, channel, mm-hmm. how much effort it would take to get the same amount of views doing analysis Overwatch content? It is almost like you probably need a new like species of like super intelligence to figure out ways mm-hmm. to outperform Mr. Beast with uh, Overwatch League like analysis. It's impossible. Right, it's possible that I watched more Mr. Beast in the last thirty days than I watched Overwatch analysis. It's that's a self-report. That's a self-report. Hey, woo! Sound the alarms. He self-reported. You know why? Because I try to not lie to myself on an average day. <laughs> Go through your. Po- See, you, post- I remember that. No, you remember post that your, when you you come for the Zoomers. Po- post your post your honest signing. Go look into your apps, go into your little iPhone, and mm-hmm. look at what your screen time looks like. You are consuming garbage. Yeah, of course. Pretty, so, yeah, pretty hard not it's, to. It's rough out there in the esports space. Um, and even even it's like, you know, there's this the comments like, oh, but you know, 
right, it's doing a Valorant franchising, and you know they're not charging anybody for franch for franchising fees. It's like, yeah, but you don't <laughs> see how much money those teams still have to fucking pay. Yeah, the expenses. Their players the are. Dude. Valorant have some of the most like insanely like yes. juice overly overly juiced salaries that exist in esports. Mm. Ridiculous salaries. It's like, it's also like it's almost like that's just one cost. What Riot has done with Valorant really feels like the Emperor has called for the most entertaining jester, bring them to the court, and now like the, the all the uh, the esports teams are going like, hey, are you entertained, Mr. Emperor, sir? And doing like the most like weird shit, just like, you know, like, oh, th this guy, like they're signing influences to their esports teams. They are like having their logo on some stadium here. Like the, here we're getting some influence involved. You know, how, what the fuck has like, that to do with competitive? It's all about cloud farming. What you don't see, what you don't see is like, okay, publicly they say you don't have to pay franchising, but what you don't see behind the scenes is that in the um, RFP in the in the in the RFP that they the, the proposal stuff they have to send through. It's like mm -hmm. you have to show company financials, the books. You have to like you have to mm -hmm. you have to have like such insane company financials. Plan. That yeah. like, and, and it's not even that. It's like you, what they expect you to build the scene for them. Like they yes. want you to invest into building the competitive scene, which means you are not paying franchising fees. But instead of paying franchising fees, you're literally just paying to justify their esports existing. Instead, you're you're they're just paying for the broadcast anyway, because that you have to. The team has to invest into the esports. That's there. They there is an expectation. Mm -hmm. The teams are going to be putting money into the into, you know into wait fuck no guys what wait waiting wait champ. what what's the score at uh new york excelsior houston outlaws it's yeah it's done uh it it happened the reverse sweep happened but in any case i said yeah. we weren't going to talk about results today the point I'm is sorry like, there's there's a there's a lot of shit that goes ah, on ah. in the esports space that is like super fucked for the teams to deal with so everyone's yes. just trying to get through it everyone's just trying to figure that shit out um the good news is mm -hmm. you know i think i'm still pretty positive about where the direction yes. of the game is going and, and with that coming coming through the good news is when the game comes out october 4th the league will actually still be gone um and the league ends this year and there's plenty of time for the orcs to look through how the game actually looks like mm -hmm. over the course of the next few months when the game like post-launch yep. um to then be able to evaluate whether they want to be part of that game still so yeah i, I mean, mean if all i things want to throw well. this at you guys um how much of this and again like i'm speaking from like a layman's like point of view i know next to nothing about like marketing and sponsorship and what you know goes on there but I remember like very early on within like the Overwatch League being announced and like this big holding pattern and, you know, hearing from tournament organizers that like, why would I invest money into an esport that's going to be brought in house when I get no future return on that? Like I never get to touch it again. Like it's not worth my time to like put money into the scene. So like we didn't get a lot of at least Western tournaments for a long time. Um, and is there is there a sense maybe that right now? Obviously, it's difficult for Blizzard to, you know, you know, court sponsors because of all the the court cases and drama and whatnot. And obviously, you know, for good reason. Um, but is there also maybe a reason 
why it's been so hard for teams and the league to monetize correctly because of like the impending sequel that's just like on the horizon. That's like, why would I invest in Overwatch League now when I can maximize my investment? You know, speaking from a sponsor's perspective, when October 4 hits, like when Overwatch League gets to Overwatch 2 and Overwatch 2 is out and everybody's playing Overwatch 2 and it's the, you know, hype new game on the block, like why wouldn't I then the whole- put my money in? The whole thing's a major bandwagon. Like everything right. at the end of the day is we live and die by trends. And if something is trending up, like just in stocks, everyone wants to be part of the fucking trend. Mm-hmm. If something's trending down, everyone's fucking selling their stocks Everybody's and jumping out, yeah. ship. So when, when shit goes bad, it, it goes really bad. When shit goes well, everyone's just jumping on. Even mm-hmm. sometimes stupidly so. Oh, You're sure, just yeah. on a trend because you just want to be part of a trend. You actually have no idea what's going on. You just want to be there because it's trendy. Mm-hmm. Right? And that's human nature. People just want to do that. That's human nature for sheep, anyway. <laughs> Not me. I'm a fucking wolf. Wolf, wolf, bitches. Um, no, I, I sometimes jump on trends, too. Um, except TikTok. Uh, I don't get that. So, yeah, like, it, when, if, you know, the game can pop off, it can, it can, have, its, it can have its moment, and if enough people just give it a chance, then it might do well enough that, you know, Things will start to look positive. That's really all we need. Yeah, um, sure. It's easy to be down at it now when, like, the whole beta rollout has been pretty weird and not it's fantastic. Rough, yeah. um, this has just been overall a really strange year mm-hmm. across the board. You have you have teams wanting to play on Overwatch Two, Overwatch Two. It's both ready and kind of not, not ready, ready at the same time. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like. Yeah, like it is ready. Technically, you can, you know, they can definitely play on it, right? And but play the matches, like... but it's also like not fully ready. And the and there's, yeah. there's a lot of things that need to be fixed. There's things that like I mean, there's we all know about the problems with the fact that the players can't even really practice outside of scrim hours and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just really difficult. Um, so this is one of those like holdover years. It's just like a weird time in this useful space for the Overwatch League. Yeah. It's it sucks that it has to be another holdover year. It feels like we've on we've been on a few, but that's where I want to circle back to what you had said, Avril, about like you know th- this essence of like these things can be mutually exclusive. Yeah, Justice, you know, allegedly maybe you know tease or, or toying with the idea of binning their entire roster in in a very like malicious compliance way of doing it. Um, and you know, the league kind of reducing budget and, you know, it's hard to get sponsors and there's low faith in the league that all can be true. But in that same sense, if, if we are to like agree on some of the sponsorship aspects and we are to agree on some of the, these, these trends, we've seen what overwatch can do in the past. We've seen By the way. how like glowingly we've, we've attached to some of these, you know, new things that they've added with the battle pass and free to play and whatnot. So it's. These things could be separate, right? These it's, are mutually exclusive. It's not even that hard to get sponsorship. It's literally just because of a reputational thing. Like I said, because it's a downtrend, people don't want to be part of a downtrend. That includes sponsors. But realistically speaking, when you look over across the pond and our sister league, the Call of Duty League, very similar sure. viewership. Yeah. Um, <laughs> in fact, it's in some cases, you, you, can, you can very realistically argue that they have less viewership because they don't play as many games as we do. Mm. They also don't have an Asia region at all. They this is one hundred percent NA esport. Yep. Yes, there's some Europeans watching it, but they're all all twelve teams are just all in NA. It's majority NA. 
Um, people in Asia don't even know it exists. They don't care for Call of Duty at all. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I know the whole China viewership thing is a bit of a meme, but fuck, at least we can get some of that. Not every True. esport can rely on that at all. Not every esport can get that. We and Korean viewership, whatever, like it's just Asian viewerships, anything to do with Asia at all. Call of Duty doesn't have any of that. Um, mm. Similar viewership we get on one language. They don't have other languages, I don't think. Um, and they have a lot of they have a lot of sponsors. They actually have a reasonable amount of sponsors, like quite a lot for a game that is doing at best the same, if not worse, than our esport. Um, not saying that they shouldn't have those sponsors. They should have those and more. But I'm just saying, like, it's not that hard to get those. Like, we could yeah. easily be getting those too. It's just like we have a reputational hit. It's funny as well because you know they're that's still that's still Activision Blizzard, but they they managed to avoid everything because they get to lean heavy on the Activision side and yeah. you know, they get to pretend they're not Blizzard. Um, it, it's funny how perception works that way. And and to to that point, like, I, I wonder if we go into like the grand finals. You know, with the game fully launched and maybe some excitement around it, and maybe we don't pick up like a playoff sponsor, right? Like, I wonder if we actually start to see like tangible changes, like in the monetization—not structure, but like seeing some so, returning faces. What I'm trying to say is, it's not like a viewership thing. It's not like oh, no, the no. Overwatch League only gets 40k viewers. Well, they can't get any sponsors on that. It's like, mm-hmm. fuck yeah, they can. Valorant got sponsors very early on. With similar or less viewers, it's like every and most a lot of esports can get view, can get sponsorships on that kind of viewership. It's all just a trend and reputational thing. That's it. You know, we had a we had reasonable amount of sponsors before most of them pulled out and they didn't come back. Okay. Um. Don't know what. I mean, are they coming back? Who knows? It's a bit of a question mark at this stage. Hope they do. Uh, how long is this? How long is this kind of embargo, whatever the fuck it is, gonna last? Who knows? But I would guess there's a pretty, next, yeah, pretty finite start date for the, the the revenue for the league. I think it's October fourth, and then we are off to the races. See how big this game gets. See how big the bubble goes, and see who comes a knocking. Because again, I think that perception is definitely going to shift. It doesn't mean that shit doesn't shock right now. You know, justice imploding. We're going to get to another team that's doing a little bit of goofy clown Mickey Mouse stuff. But, you know, it doesn't mean that it, does, it doesn't suck any less now. But okay, let's. I, I think there's some hope there for sure. Let's talk about the next team now. We can move on from this topic. I think uh, we've reached the limit on it. Um, that team you're talking about. Joe, specify which team. The old New York Excelsior. Poor... Uh. Wait, poor, poor are you saying bomb. the same New York Excelsior yep. that just reverse swept the Houston Outlaws? Holy shit. The one and only. The same How? New York. The same New York. That, By the way, they've only got two wins so far this entire season. <laughs> and one that of them was is over Houston. Win. One of them is over Houston and in, a, and in a damn reverse sweep as well. Yeah. So apparently, <laughs> losing Myongbong just gave them a win just off the bat. No, I don't want it. That's, that's a little bit too <laughs> transitive, but... Um, Dude. Okay, so what is the scandal? What 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 other drama just happened? The New York drama is the next big one. Um, they, re- <laughs> how do I even go about this? They accidentally released Myung Bong, and then they had to actually release him. 
Yeah, they announced uh, that they released him. He retweets like lots of question marks, like being very confused. They delete said tweet. So then there's like this weird lull period of like people going, why is, you know, what happened with this tweet? People are kind of catching up. People are, you know, alarm bells are ringing. And then there's a public statement made um, Let, from the New York Excelsior. I, I don't know if we have that. Let's but. add, I, I got all the statements ready. Let's add okay. a couple of details here. Um, there was also something reported um through halo and just mm. hang on hold on no you're upset i know i know i said the four letter word that made you upset but uh you know halo season two it did drop finally it did drop um part of the thing that was going on that's that led to all this confusion is that whatever level of management that was within new york that was handling the whole myongbong situation mm. The idea is they were meant to be trading him. They were looking at options for trading him. And then it got announced that he was getting dropped. And so there was there's a miscommunication somewhere within the org where here's what I understand. The top level management that were working through the situation were not necessarily intending on dropping Myongbong, at least not yet. Not when they had announced. Yeah. Uh, and then at the bottom level, whoever the social media people were, and, and they came forward and they said, hey, it wasn't us. Uh, we just got told to put this forward. Okay, cool. It's not them. So that means somebody in the middle fucked up. Yes. It wasn't the people at the top because they didn't have, they didn't actually, they weren't intending to drop me on Bong. Again, at least not yet because they were intent, they intended to trade him. They wanted to trade Myong Bong. Yeah. They didn't want to drop him. They were trying to get fucking money. They were trying to offload him to another team first. They don't, a team's priority is not just to, terminate a contract because that that literally just means you lose money yes so the idea is you're supposed to trade the player so they were trying to trade the player and then somewhere in the middle between the top level and the bottom level somewhere in the middle somebody said put this tweet out we are dropping myongbong somebody in the middle just said that supposedly because the tweet went out the social media people were like yes boss we will hit submit we will hit send they hit send and then Myongbong's like, what the fuck's going on? And then mm. all sorts of carnage happening within the New York Excelsior NYXL group where they're, they're like, hang on a minute. Uh, wait, we're not meant to be releasing Myongbong, at least not yet. What's going on? And it's like, oh shit, I thought we were... Wait, wait uh, I thought we were going to release Myongbong. It's like, nope, we're not going to do that. But it's like, oh, but now we've announced it. It's like, oh, uh, shit, I guess we have to release him now. <laughs> it's essentially how it goes down. So the actual statement, so we'll talk about this and we discuss, the actual statement from NYXL at the end of the day says, Today we posted an announcement thanking Myongbong for his time with us. However, we failed to properly communicate with the team before this announcement was made. We take full responsibility and there are no excuses. To Myongbong, we are deeply sorry for our miscommunication and putting you through the situation. Although we wish this was communicated better, we truly appreciate your time with us and wholeheartedly want the best for you in your future endeavors. Well, fans, this is a mistake will not be repeating we have immediately changed our communication processes moving forward Myongbong himself says i was notified during the team feedback session that i have been dropped from the org it feels like i was suddenly dropped due to a mistake from the social marketing team the sudden news that was the result of a mistake from another department in the team as well as not hearing anything regarding the possibility of me being dropped feels very unwarranted good luck in yxl so that's what he said but um yeah i mean oh we love an esports team that can't communicate we love it we absolutely I, thrive for it i don't know that he okay i i think 
I do buy that Myongbong didn't know he was getting dropped. Oh, for sure. But he should have... He, I, I'm fairly certain this guy should have known on some level, would have been told on some level, that he was at least going to get traded. Or that he was at least on the chopping block for trade. Yeah. You'd have to imagine, right? Because I'm, I'm flabbergasted if he, like, literally had zero clue about anything. And he's yeah. like, yep, I'm going to be playing today, and then wasn't playing. Because here's mm. something that people have to understand, is... Why do you think they sign Ho One? I uh, you might think NYXL is being a bit of a clown org at the moment, and you'd be right in thinking that. But when they're signing players with all these different options, I mean, there's a reason behind everything here. You think they randomly sign Ho One? No, they didn't randomly just sign a third flex support. Mm. Ho One's entire reason for being signed is to replace Myongbong. Now, whether that's to perma bench him or to trade yeah. him or drop him. The point still stands. Once Ho One is eligible to play, Melbong's not fucking playing on this team anymore. Right. So yeah. I find it hard that he didn't know it was coming. Now I do believe that he didn't know he was being dropped, but I'm, I'm I would find it hard to believe that he didn't know he was at least going to be perma bench or on the trade block. Which in some cases, usually when you're on the when you're when you're perma bench, you probably are on the trade. Those probably two, the those trade two block, things yeah. are the same. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yep, it, I think it just comes down to like where the communication uh, did not go directly to him. I think like assuming as much is probably like very fair, and I'm, I I would guess as much that he probably thought he was you know his his career was in jeopardy as well. Um, I just don't. I'm not saying NYXL did this, but I just don't know if I'm like on board for like any kind of like purposeful obfuscation. Um, and then also to, you know, which I think we've, we've pretty much established as, as a fact at this point that like somehow, some way this, this trickles down, a mistake happens in the chain of communication so high up that, you know, he's his, at least suspicions are confirmed via social media it it feels like a tale as old as time within esports and it's just you know tiring to see because you feel for the player you feel for like the the kid who just wakes up and just you know the team just decides that they're just going to get rid of him on twitter and it's like all right well that's one way to start today like i don't know i just i feel for him it sucks yeah i'm not saying it's impossible that he got told nothing but it's just like right 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 no i i the, the I, more likely sure. story we we have to really um Employee, I just forget Hanlon's razor, Occam's razor, one of the pressures Hanlon's razor. Uh, yeah, where it's just like, yeah, it's just, it's just, it's just incompetence. It was just like, yeah, you know, they weren't trying to, they weren't trying to fuck over Myongbong. Mm. So they just, they, they were just being, the team was just being stupid, and they just, I don't know. Did well, you, they were trying, they were trying to get rid of him, but they didn't. And they, they just weren't were trying. They weren't trying to be yeah. malicious about it. No, 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 no. Did you say they, they, were to, they were trying to find him a new home? They were trying to find him a new yes. team to trade onto, and then this whole social media situation yeah. happened. Yeah. Did you see the last finale of this arc just now? So uh, that you, they post. I think this. Yeah, I think you guys might have not yeah. seen many... this, but okay, uh, go on. So the, yeah. the NYXL won their match against the Houston, Houston Outlaws and posted a victory tweet. And the featured player on the victory tweet graphic was Myungbo. Now I I <laughs> have to some, assume that's a little that's in, like that's kind of bad taste, right? 
I'm that, sorry. Is that too no, that's so now because I can't find it. Yeah, it's it's gone. That's not bad taste. That's not <sighs> that's not done intentionally, Joe. So they just fucked up again. No, of course it's not done who's, intentionally, who's but it's just like this? I don't know how who's you can doing... say boldface that you've changed your communication structure okay, okay, and then okay. immediately fuck up the same way. I'm, I'm sorry, that's real. just I'm ridiculous. Be that's, that's different, though. That's different. I is I'm it? Pretty... Yeah. Huh? Yeah, yeah, that's different. what's different. Like uh, one is just like a social media manager grabbing one of the assets that they created previously, not maybe not even endemically being entrenched, knowing what like whatever is happening, or just an oversight in the heat of a moment, but maybe also excited and just posts a graphic. And unfortunately, Myungbong was one of the three two victory graphics or whatever. I don't think this is like. <sighs> I'm sc I'm quickly scraping together a Photoshop in order to, I mean I, in some ways I, I understand know, why the social media manager of the NYXL wouldn't have a victory graphic ready, didn't have to sure. have one for a while. Get it, get it, hundred percent. I, th I understand. That, I think that one was in the vault collecting dust for the last you know eight weeks or something. Eight, but it, eight, it's almost like there was weeks. like a really loud, you know, roster move that just happened that maybe you want to update some of those graphics, right? Maybe someone in that chain of listen, communication listen, goes, listen. hey, maybe we I, need to I don't you know, know, fix this. I don't know whose fault that is this time. No. And again, like, I got to point fingers. Yeah, you know, I don't I don't want to I don't want to just like straight up throw back onto. Oh, yeah. You know, it was uh, whoever the whoever the low level social media no, manager yeah, person I, no, is that person. It's. It might, you know what? I'm, I'm just going to say, I'm just going to put it back on whoever that middle guy is, the person in that middle mm -hmm. that is approving these posts, that is saying, yes, post this. Yes. Yeah. And then the social media manager who's, who's on the account says, yes, boss, submit. Yeah. Whoever that guy, that's whoever the person is that's approving these, that's, that person's fucked up multiple times now. Look, because there was another one. Wasn't there another one before the Myongbong situation as well? There was another NYXL mistake that happened. I don't remember off offhand. No, there was something else. NYXL yeah. did something else. There, there's something else that is not known. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, in that case, we're not going to. I guess we're not talking about it. We now. won't talk about that. <laughs> Yeska subtweets about things that went wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, like, I think that's. Yeah. I mean, if that comes out. Um, but bottom line being. Um, I think this is a different mistake. I think this is not a mistake of communication structure. So it's fair. It pro the, the thing is, like, I mean, everyone listening to this podcast right now has Curb Your, Enthusi Th Curb Your Enthusiasm music playing. Like, this is... Yeah. This it's, is fu just it's funny. I hate that it has to be at a player's unreal. expense, but this is fucking comical. <laughs> I thought they did it on purpose, because I'm like, there's no way you could no, fuck that up. No, Surely if you're doing this, you're doing it on purpose. It's like a, it's it's, like a joke. This would like be my like Occam's like razor. A... Yeah, like oh accidentally again, like Yiska saying, like Alan's play razor. like whatever, you know what I mean. Um just you know, low level social media doesn't isn't plugged in and just is tweeting from the folder that says wave one. Yeah. And it just but so still, happens. Still, you to gotta be. have enough self awareness to like even if you're tweeting for that, you're like I would imagine hmm, this so, is right? image of Myungbong in it. Maybe we shouldn't do that. <laughs> But apparently no one no one stopped themselves. And again oh, they man. hit they hit send and they're like, oh whoops. <laughs> like no. twice within twenty four hours. I love that. Um God. Mickey Mouse shit, man. So yeah, they dropped Nyonbong. You, you uh, know, pick up Anson J. You know what's really on. sad about this is 
There was a time where the NYXL were the principal case of social media yeah. and gen general content done right. Mm -hmm. This used to be the gold season standard season in the Overwatch League. And then, like, probably also a budget thing. Like, things got moved around. Talent was hired elsewhere. True. Unfortunately, like, this seems like a much less engaged uh, work now, right? Yeah, very, very much so. Um, seems also like an org that doesn't care that much uh, about competitive success anymore. Um, Ooh, there's a, bit really? of irony there. there's a bit of irony there. Yeah, that feels because, a little ironic. Because, uh, I don't know what you're about to bring up, Joe, but I'll just mm -hmm. say what I'm about to bring up. It's ironic because the NYSL, the subliners, the, the CDL yeah. franchise team, they're putting a shitload of effort into it. In fact, that CDL team did super good this year. At the end, the, the start of the year wasn't sure. so good. Yes. Towards the end, they had, a, they had a Cinderella miracle comeback and they were Jeez. throwing a lot of effort into it. They're putting new players on. They paid a lot of money for Crim6. You know, they they did everything. They they put up an event. Uh, they, they hosted one of the, the stage finals as well, which did super well. Um, they were very invested in their subliners team. So again, it's another situation where, you know, the org is probably willing to invest, but there's just low confidence on Overwatch League because of the whole situation that we've already talked about. It's a downtrend. There's no sponsors. We don't want to sponsor the Overwatch League, whether it's a team or the league itself. Um, I would talk about viewership, but honestly, like CDL viewership is pretty similar. So it's not... Right. I, if the people that keep bringing up viewership, it's like I don't think that I don't think that is the be all the end all that you think it is. I know it's like the easy that's the lowest hanging fruit to criticize, but mm. it really is not the be all end all. So I mean, yeah, the fact that the the same teams have a, the same teams that don't have faith in the Overwatch League and are like kind of quote unquote coasting with the Overwatch League team, but then are putting a shitload of effort into the CDL team I mean, <laughs> and both leagues have the same viewership. I mean, fucking do the maths, please. Please do and ironically, best. New York is still sandbagging in 2022. Weirdly enough, no. I wanted to. I wanted to poke Yiska on like the um, not to completely spoil the, the the upcoming piece about like budgets and whatnot. But um, would you be willing to kind of divulge like a hot or cold measurement? You know, when it comes to NYXL's budget per uh performance or underperformance would you would you say that they have overperformed their budget or underperformed they are underperforming their budget yes okay yeah and to be fair look like sometimes i should probably just shut up but um <laughs> because like there's of course like reporting constantly going on um but sure, of course uh it, yeah it, i feel like um i don't blame the people there. Interesting. Like, don't, don't who, explain sorry, that. Who are you explain not blaming? That. Who's yeah. the people that you are not blaming? Um, like, what are you not blaming them for? So, like the the uh, you know management in charge. Um, that, okay. of, of, of New York. Of, of New, York? New York Excelsior. Yeah. yeah. What What are you not blaming them for? Um, I mean the the thing is okay. Um, I think the 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 team is kind of wonky. Is that fair to say? Like, they spent yes. heavily on Kellen. They spent heavily on, um, Yaki. on Yaki, presumably. Mm -hmm. Um, they, 
uh, got some pretty good other pieces here and there, right? Like floor was something to build around, whatnot. It just feels like you're probably two players short from being a good team. And um, yeah, like sometimes, yeah. Once again, like it's a it's a well, developing situation where um, we we will have to f see how this goes once again Lao they have actually signed additional players and what do you know having a main support player apparently makes you uh, win even if you're yeah. on 200 ping um, mm -hmm. I think uh, this is a um, this is an interesting developing situation I think we we don't also wait is this who are the coaches Sorry. left on this team Let's Undyne. Refer... Right. Undyne. Yeah. Undyne. Maybe one more guy. I'm trying to. Yeah. Long story short. Gesture. Yeah. Gesture as well. Gesture as well. Sorry. I forgot about gesture. Um, here's the thing about. The, here's the interesting thing about New York. They are a team that I. Well, I don't know if I still consider them to be coasting given that they have made changes now. But mm. up until this point, like for the last two stages, I would have considered them as coasting. Um, actually, let me put it this way: prior to the Ho One sign, mm. everything prior to the Ho One signing, I would have considered New York to be coasting, despite okay. them having a budget of where they put money in. Obviously, on a couple different players, we—I mean, we obviously know that one of the things that didn't happen in the offseason was Yaki had other offers that he turned down. I think that's not a big surprise. Um, without even saying who, it's just like. Yes, it's Yaki. He had other offers, of course. So, you know, so New York had to pay to get Yaki. Um, they obviously spent money on this roster in some ways. They are heavily under. I mean, it's easy to it's easy to to see that they are underperforming based on that, given that they are like at the literal bottom of the league with only one win. Now they have two, but uh, it took them a fucking long time to get that second win. Um, they are right next to a team that is Paris Eternal. Same amount of wins. One in eleven up until today, and Paris are, are like uh, they're like a extreme le mean, lean and mean roster. Maybe just lean, maybe not even mean, but just lean. <laughs> Six yeah. players, all minimum right, and New York are on the same scoreline as them. Obviously, that means New York are heavily underperforming. Yeah. But um, the reason why I I consider them to be coasting is because they had pl plentiful opportunity to build out their roster properly. It's not mm. like they had zero money. They had they didn't have something. They had a lot more money than actual budget teams to play with to yeah. get players. They still only entered as a reminder for those that forgot into the season this year with five fucking players, and Kuki is their sixth man. Yeah, and that's... yeah. They filled out they filled out their six player obligation by putting their head coach into that player situation, and they just had like, yeah, Kuki's our player. That's what they did. I'll, I'll they be only the one. Had fucking to... five players. Yes, they could have, they could have signed more. People yeah. say like, oh yeah, but it's hard to get Korean players in the NA team now. It's like, yeah, why didn't they get more players before they went to NA? Like everyone else did. Yeah, that I think I'll be the one to kind of wildly speculate. Like if we're going to say that, like yeah, their budget, like they they paid some money. It's it, this screams like mid mid build. The budget was just like cut in half. Like they wanted to do big things they wanted to you know actually aim to be competitive and then in the midst of them building it was just slashed and then they immediately had to like change course or they like paid a lot of money for two players like oh wait we, <laughs> we lost all our money where did our money go <laughs> i don't know i don't know 
It's it I does mean, look like, you're right though. Know. It does look like a team that yeah. just like midway through the roster building, mm-hmm. their their budget just got slashed or something. That's what I it mean, like, like going into the preseason, I feel like that's exact. Like that was the narrative that we had set forth. It was like mm-hmm. power ranking this team is really difficult because it feels like half a team. It feels like we got halfway through the first start. It was like, wow, this is a great start. We've got Kellen. We've got Yaki. We've got some role players. That's great. There are some obvious gaps and maybe we want some depth. Never happened. Never. And like, yes, they're they're tweaking things now. They're they're, you know, trying to (laughs) bleed the stone as much as it can be bled. But yeah, it's a it's a frustrating team. It's it's a it's a very hard team to make excuses for. Well, at, le- at least now, at least now we can admit yes. that changes have been made. They're doing stuff. It have been made. Like That's you true. know, they they ended up calling quits on Kuki. They got Anson Jayen, which has already proven to be pretty damn good for mm-hmm. the team. Uh, mm-hmm. As Yuska said, like funny, but <laughs> the guy might be on two hundred ping, but getting a main support on two hundred ping is already hey, get it done. Improve the team. Yeah. Um. So yes, so yeah, that was the other news of New York as they signed on Sanjay. Ho one's available, but don't think he'll play yet in a double main support meta. True. Um, I don't know. New York, I don't know if their season's salvageable just yet, but it's at least it's look they've they've been desperate for a positive for some yeah. time, but get one positive now. I mean, it's a big positive too. Like, right. not to go completely into it, which we will go into next week. But that's that's a that's a pretty size win positive. that you should that's never a expect. Big win, yeah. No, mm. not at all. Especially with like how positive we were about Houston. Like, this should this should be good for them. This should work. And I got to rewatch that game because that's a that's a that's a result. That is a result. I mean, just just like looking at the 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 other games they have. It's not easy, yeah. right? But now there's a path for beforehand. So, like, next game is Fuel. That will be hard. Mm-hmm. One after is Titans, then Shock. Okay. Right now you're thinking, oh, my God, this is a hard schedule. But then you finish with Paris next. And then yeah. Florida, right? But, like, if you beat Houston, you're capable of beating Florida. You're yeah. probably capable of fi- there. Yeah. Uh, beating the Titans. So this is mm-hmm. like a... I mean, you probably can't be expected to win against the fuel and the the shock, but it's still a four-two stage that qualifies you for the tournament. Suddenly, yeah. you're now like once again Toronto. have something to say. If the, if you do that, oh, you're yeah. in talks imagine, for for uh, play-ins. Imagine, yeah. imagine yeah. if New York make the Toronto tournament, but not Toronto. Whew. Now, now we're getting to comedy. Now we're really now, getting Toronto's making it. I have full faith Toronto's doing it. Making the run. Yeah, I mean, we need them um, to. I think we need them to. Is that is that all the t- discussion on the New York drama? Is that about it? Young Bond kind of got. So. I think I'm, yeah. He uh, the whole miscommunication Twitter thing happened there. Um. Yeah, I think most people aren't like I. Most people probably shouldn't be like super super surprised that New York are making changes. I don't know if Myungbo was necessarily the player that they expected that people expected yeah. to be changed, but as soon as you saw here, here's something you have to know. When you see Ho One being added, you know something's up. Third flex support, mm. that's not normal. Then you see Anson J being added, you're like, there's four damn supports on this team. They still don't have a second tank, they still don't have a third DPS. If, if at that stage, if your alarm bells are not ringing that some major changes are coming to the supports, then like I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, I mean, at that stage, you have to expect somebody's That's getting not cut. Depth, guys. That's not like somebody's a... getting cut, and so Myungbong yeah. got cut to make space for them to have 
still have two flex supports, but then also an actual main support. And then Gangnam Jin, you know, he's he's still playing a bit of Lucio, a little bit of Gangnam Jin Lucio for now. But um, oh, is he? No, he's playing Brig. So he actually played Brig and Anson J play Lucio. Um, and then maybe when we get out of this Jungle Queen meta, and fuck me, I hope we do get out of this meta really quickly. Um, maybe Gangnam Jin will play again, or maybe they'll use Ho One. Maybe it'll be Ho One Anson J on the back line. Look, yeah. King Brothers. Not one of Myungbong or Gundam Jin was going to get cut. Yeah. I think that was always going to happen, yep. given given how things were. As so. much as the, the dream of the, the, the fully support team uh, was, was funny. It, I mean, meme, memes of me. No, he was out there like, what the fuck, New York? We were supposed to have a five support. I thought five we had a gentleman's out. agreement. We had an agreement, guys. Come on. <laughs> um,. All right, uh, and then fun. finally, not quite drama, but snoozing, we'll cover it. Roster moves. Houston, yeah. speaking of Houston, who just got reverse swept by the NYC. They added two new players in Dogue and Lep. Uh, funnily mm-hmm. enough, Dogue immediately played. He played over yeah. both Piggy and Dante, except for the last map. Dante came in for the final map. But he played over both Piggy and Dante, which is an interesting decision by the Houston coaches, given that Dogue is on ping. Yeah. This guy's from Denmark, yeah? Is I believe he's still playing from there. I can't, and you know, Yiska can confirm if that's true or not. Obviously, spoke to him, um, but uh, it was it. It was surprising in one way, and it wasn't necessarily super surprising in another. I feel like when you make moves like that, it, it kind of signals that like this is the you know, this is our player moving forward. Like this is the solution we found to like this really odd kind of rigid meta game. Um, it just seems like such an odd decision and i don't know because i haven't you know again we're, we're recording this as the game was you know played just an you know an hour ago um i can't imagine that playing on ping helped him right i think that junker queen's a pretty like timing based hero for the most part so like any kind of delay in that sense probably it'll make your knife make really nice. hard to hit it'll make your knife yeah. uh throw really tough other than that she's probably okay but like I can I can I can maybe see it a little bit from the Houston coaches being that mm-hmm. coming from contenders he would have already had a month a month plus worth of practice on Junker Queen, right. so that's more than Dante and Piggy. But then you are playing with a guy on ping. Yeah. Um, the other thing is, it's like it's kind of weird, but n- right now the Houston Outlaws either have three tanks or three DPSs. Yeah. And I'm not too sure which one it is. It could actually be both. They could have both at the same time because Dante's just flexing between two roles now. Mm-hmm. But um, still fairly certain that the idea is by signing an actual second tank, the idea is to start to move Dante back over towards an actual DPS, right? Would would assume as much, yeah. I think this is a... I think, like, to speak to the move in general without, like, memeing on it so, you know, you know, with the New York reverse sweep and whatnot. Um, I think it's a great play for the end of the season. You know, we talked about, I think, at least last episode or maybe even two episodes ago, um, the odds of like these Doom teams like really gambling um, for the end of the season. And like odds are you have, you know, this meta, the Countdown Cup meta, and then going into playoffs and, you know, play ins, whatever that meta may look like. Or, you know, I would guess we're getting a patch. I don't know if that's been confirmed or denied. Um, so you have like three metas to kind of like Patchful cover. Work um patch for you know going into playoffs or play-ins is there going to be a separate patch between countdown cup and play-in 
because I know that there's like a discrepancy with what stage four actually is, right? Is stage four the play ins? Well, the Countdown Cup is basically yeah. the play ins. I mean, Countdown Cup gotcha. is like okay. not even really, there's no tournament for Countdown Cup. Right. It's, it's right. There's, there's the still six cool. regular season games, but then. Correct. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. So it's. I'm, I'm interested to see how patches fall for that because, like, again, odds are for a lot of these Doom teams, like, you're going to have to cover more bases than than not, and you want to hedge your bets. A team like Houston has had a great season. It Like, they're within striking distance of, you know, maybe taking a deep run if they have the the proper tools, and I feel like this gives them, you know, both Lep and Doge give them the proper tools to at least have a a fighting chance and they aren't just going to get like gambit out of a, of a meta that they're like, Oh, well darn, we don't have a wrecking ball player up oh, shucks. We don't have a Lucio. God, gosh, golly gee, dang, you know, at least they have their bases covered now and they can go into the playoffs, you know, with his best tools. They because otherwise Houston's in a weird place because they've effectively split the tank role across mm-hmm. three different players. Yeah. You have Doge playing Junker queen. You have Dante playing mm-hmm. doom and then piggy playing some other stuff. It's like, yeah, <laughs> On some teams, one person is doing all of this. On your team, three people yep. are doing this. What's going on? So, yep. Yep. it's a weird one, but I, I'm I'm ready to give them a little um, bit more rope. I don't. I, I hope the the community isn't torching them too hard so after their first game. Spring yesterday, yeah. You you talked to Doug, and you also, so you have a little yep. bit of info about what's going on in Houston. Yeah. Um. So. I mean, this is a this is a kid that really wants to play some Overwatch at the highest level. Um, mm. So I, I bet most of them do. Yeah, um, that's probably the point of being in the league. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Um, even though I will say, I guess, like sometimes people get offered an Overwatch League contract, and they're like, yeah, I'm good. Like you know, uh, that's definitely someone who wanted to really play. Um, I think. It's an interesting signing simply because like Doge had not been in scrims a lot or um, been, you know, with a contenders team. I think that like even mm-hmm. the la- latest Saudi E-League participation was a couple of months ago. What From right. what I could find out is that Doge was uh, already scouted last year uh, or like p- part of the trials for Houston. Um, yeah. And... Like they seem to have reached back into their scouting reports in order to find um, their, uh, you know, where they could find mm-hmm. additions. I think right. this is an, a, a completely like salient approach, considering like you're not going to get like traits or whatever. Like sure. going, yeah. um, it's unfortunate. Like this is, I think. The ping is prohibitive. And I hate that when when players are put into these positions where, like, if London Spitfire never gives Hardy another chance, there's a world where he doesn't get picked up by another team when we don't have the Hardy that we have this year, where we're pretty all, like, on the same page that this is one of the best runouts who ever played in the Overwatch League. Um, Sure. So, like... I hope that he can still turn up, but at the same time, like you have to say, like tank is a pretty ping dependent role, right? Um, yeah. So, as much as I, I, I'm just 
I'm almost flabbergasted that they were so quick to make that move. Yeah. Like, they, they haven't picked w what up... What move? What move? Sorry. Like, pick up the guy, sign him to a contract, and then play him on ping, like, so quickly. Right away. Right? right. Yeah. Especially on a meta where you have a completely new hero. Like, you could have just said, like, okay, like, Doge, you're going to start practicing in this. For, for week one... We had Piggy in scrims or whatever for, for the well, last well, actually, two weeks. Well, how do you feel about what I just said, though? Like, technically speaking, Doge should have more practice than either Dante or Piggy on Junker Queen. Right. I guess that's true, yeah. Um, yeah, it's a weird one. Oh, you want to... Mm. He's, yeah. he's more prepared to play this hero in this meta than, anybody than, else, any, really? than, anybody, than yeah. any of the other tank players. Yeah. And I'm kind of surprised that Mertens haven't done it. Yeah, to be honest. Um, should, should be like the archetype, I think. I'm I'm thinking if if that's true or not, because you 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 think What's because true? he he competed in contenders, right, and therefore. Uh, well, contenders have had a full month on this patch. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a month or more. Okay, so this it's is like I should know this, but I don't I don't know that he did compete in contenders. I think he wasn't even on a team uh, for that time. O one? Did O one not? O one played, didn't he? No, he didn't. He Did was he not, not part of. Uh, no, I think that was Quran drop, right? Well, I stand corrected. Uh, Houston, that is weird. Then I don't know. <laughs> yeah, because usually, usually, yeah, the you get a contenders tank in, and it's like, oh yeah, he's a junker queen guy because he's played already before, played this year. Yeah. Makes sense. Did O one not did did he was he not on O one or did O one not play in contenders A sides? I'm confused now. I'll take a look. Uh, I think they did uh, play. I think they he left the team for like a while ago, and that's why he wasn't in scrims. Um. Oh, they yeah. had they had Crandop and Mo ninety seven. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that makes okay. Well, that explains a lot. There's no dog on this team. Yeah. So. Okay then. This. Yeah, this is a little bit weird, um, but once again, like I think it's it's a good. I I, I like the. Well, if if that is indeed the the thinking here. You need a lot of luck, with the, your current lineup to have any chance to be good in season playoffs. You probably are damn near clinched it now, um, and. Like if you get unlucky with a with a meta, you're now in a position where you're uh, screwed. So you want to diversify your options, right? And having a main tag player, having a main support player, that helps you, right? In m making it wide. But um, yeah, I, I'm not sure what the what the assumption here is. Also, like at the same time, like I can have the equal reading and I don't want to put anything negative in the ether because this is not not based on anything like okay devoid of the Houston outlaws right <laughs> sure a, a random team picks up two western players who are playing on ping in order to not mm -hmm. have to play their other starters that are admittedly are a little bit off roll you you will quickly find other reasons as to why they're doing that than other than trying to diversify their portfolio. 
think there are other reasons why a team might do that, right? Now, I'm not saying that this is the case for the Outlaws. I'm just saying that this this is a potential... You guys following, right? Like, if your internal struggles, then you need to find replacements. I'm not saying this is happening, right? But, um, yeah, I think uh, it's, it's an, certainly an interesting move that we will have to follow. And, and once again, like, it's not great that it hasn't worked against New York, um, but I'm interested how this develops and if this pays out. Because once again, this was so short notice. Well, Keep in mind, they don't have much time to figure this out because the trade deadline is coming up. Yes, they could have signed these players because they're contenders players. But like, once again, like you, you got to source all your options and, you know. Unfortunately... <laughs> They have no choice but to play it out and kind of figure it out as they go because I yeah. this is this was always bound to happen unless you're signing some god tier contenders players like a proper he sang level player mm -hmm. you know the, this is this they're used to kind of playing for the long game here where they have to they have to kind of figure it out as they go along and it's like well we we need to we need to try and integrate two new players in the team on short notice on a brand new patch. Minimal mm. scrim time. By the way, I you can't overstate, you can't understate the fact that there's like a language barrier as well. Sure, they've had Dante on the team the whole time, but like it's a majority Korean roster sure. plus Dante. Yeah. And when Dante doesn't play, it's a full Korean roster, isn't it? So now you've got two players that I don't know have Lep and Dog played on mixed rosters with with majority Korean players before. Like it's. That's probably a new experience, sure. and and at least one of them is on ping. Pretty sure uh, Lip is not on ping, but in either case, you know, it's a lot. Uh, part yeah. of me is not surprised that they lost to New York because of this reason. Part mm. of me is also like, shit, if they're gonna this this, it does mean it's gonna be a rough stage for them. It does yeah, mean that you know you 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 might not see Houston kind of reach its potential with this new squad until either partway through stage three or maybe into stage four. Yeah, which. I mean, they do have some buffer room with, you know, how successful they were in the first half of the season. But yeah, it's not not something you want to bank on is, you know, signing players and then immediately, you know, falling into a, a rut, right? Like not a not a great look, but you know, I guess it, I say it's a rut just yet. It's one game. We'll sure. see what happens. Sure. Here, but losing to New York is definitely a bit of a, a blow. That's an eye opener right there. It's like, huh? Yeah. yeah. So. Nothing like that one to start the start the stage, right? And boy, does it not get any, any less weird. But we'll get to it. Uh, just to round out the rest of the news here, really quickly. Swing Chip is back on Mayhem. Nice. Love that. Good job, Swing Chip. Uh, she was on Gen G for a little bit, and she was uh, Orglis for a little bit. Now she's back on Mayhem. So well done. Appreciate that. Uh, Liga has been cut from Hangzhou Spark. So, man literally gets to play one map for the Hangzhou Spark. Finally debuts this year. I had the pleasure of casting that as well. I'm thankful mm. that I've seen him. And then they cut him. To be fair, I don't think it's worthwhile keeping three tanks around. It wasn't worthwhile True. even last year. Well, you could at least make a minor argument last year, be like, yeah, well, you know, at least there's still two tanks to be playing. You have a backup. In a one tank game, there's no reason for three tanks. 
So, in most teams with two tanks, trying to cut down from two to one, right? So, yeah, somebody had to go. I guess Liga was the lowest priority member, being that Bernard is their starter, Hoosier is their main tank, who who covers the main tank heroes better than Bernard does, and then there's Liga, who's played one map. So, probably one of the most unfortunate players. Signed to the Overwatch, signed to an Overwatch League team where there was a reasonable amount of hype behind him. Not an insane amount, but some level of hype behind him, being that uh, he came from CC. Mm -hmm. And uh, just never, never got to see any of that, sadly. And <sighs> only if they cut him way sooner. Because then Chengdu might have had a chance to grab him instead of Daisy. I don't know. Mm hmm. Yeah. Joe, isn't that, you know, a person, a personality from your history, richer history of Chinese Overwatch? I mean, yeah, Liga was always, you know, I think he was coming up as I was slowly moving out. Um, definitely was somebody that was on my radar, um, you know, hearing through through the CEO grapevine, shout outs Kenobi, that, you know, this was the, you know, the truth, the kid that's coming up and performing well. And, um funnily enough another player that kind of you and i quickly discussed and had my opinion changed immediately i was like you know i can see from the sparks perspective of like yeah this is a really good player and people are going to want him so people are going to pay and then they never did so how good of a business move really was it at the end of the day did you really just out here killing careers for a buck i i don't know like Hey, 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 at least they at least they terminated him before the deadline. Sure, they they could have done they could have done him dirty. That's that's very that's very true. Um, I I also have to assume that like there was always a an attempt or you know a, a plan. Uh, I mean probably because here's, I, the I was, thing, here's the thing is if they attempted to trade him, mm -hmm. and now that they've terminated him, it means they failed to trade him, which means no one right. wanted to buy. I mean, there's also not too many teams that like are you know that are destinations, right? Probably not. Yeah, like You've got Guangzhou, where Krong already covers his position. Yeah. Chengdu already have a player. They wouldn't be able to buy him anyway, unless they could get him for minimum. Yeah. Uh, Shanghai yeah, is yeah. a full Korean team. And then there's... Um, Philly? No. No, no Philly. Valiant probably can't... Probably wouldn't mind him, but they already have Sashin. Yeah. And they, they also probably can't afford the buy on. They probably want him for cheap as well. Um, and that's about it because there's no Philly, there's no Seoul, yeah. So there's actually you're right. There's no destinations. Really, the destination is Chengdu, if they can get them for real cheap. But Chengdu just don't have money. Yep. Yeah. Would you put yourself in the GM's position there for, for a hot second? Do you drop Daisy for Liga like today, like gun to head? I don't know what he, this dude even plays like in twenty. Right? You, yeah. No, you, I get even it. Even if you do, it's just like what what. I guess now, I guess it's like, hey, Liga, do you want to play for minimum? Yeah. And I nice. guess he'd be like, well, I'm not, uh, it's that or I don't play, so I guess yes. Yep. Uh, <sighs> Part of me is like, I don't really have a good understanding of how good Liga is anymore, because he just hasn't played in anything except for one map, and you can't really gain anything from that. But on the other hand, it's like, fuck, can't be worse than Dizzy, right? <laughs> I have to assume. Uh... But also part of me is like, is he going to be a better Junker Queen than either Daisu or Gaga? Because if he's not, there's no reason to sign him now. 
Yeah. If you're going to get him, maybe wait till Counter Cup and see what the meta's like. It's like getting him now only to be benched by Gaga. Or, let's say you replace the Ozzy with him. Mm. If Gaga's still your best player and, and Liga isn't playing, then it's kind of no point. Right? right. Unless you're worried that another team's going to scoop him up, but I don't think that's happening. Unless No Hill just like comes <sighs> in and just, just, just bags him up, just kidnaps him away. Yeah, that's a tough one. Feel bad for him, but you can do. No Hill plays uh, Overwatch roster building the way I like to play TFT. I just want to buy a whole bunch of different shit, just fill up my board, right? And like, mm. just trying to figure out what I want to put in. And then every now and then, I'm like, ah, oh, fuck, I guess I have to remove this thing from the board to make space, you know? <laughs> Sell it from the board and put another new thing. Oh, in. there's a new piece on the market. Let me, let yeah, me, let me just, gotta reevaluate. Let me just, I could be going for a three star on this thing, but I'm like, yep. I might just change my tactics here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Wholesale all right, comp. All right. Um, Final thing on the docket was no beta three, officially. Sag. Yeah. I already knew this like a full month in yeah. advance, but this is the final thing on the docket. Um, I was prior to my finding out there wasn't a third beta. I was fairly convinced there was going to be a third beta because there was time left. Yeah. There was enough allocated time to run a third beta, and also there's another new hero and another new map coming, which based on how the betas have been run so far, the idea is to test both those things on a beta, right? But we're yep. not going to get any of that, so that's quite interesting. Now, I gather that the plans change. My assumption was that they were going to do a third beta, but at some point during this year, they had to scrap that because they didn't want to put resources towards managing a beta, and they just want to try and... Get the game out. Get this fucking game released. Yeah. So they ended up cutting something to make sure that they had enough working space and resources dedicated to releasing the game instead, which is understandable. Yeah, yeah I get it. I'm fair. It's not sad. I, I think in like a weird way, there's there's almost like a, a nice like, and this is kind of my only opinion. It sucks. Like, I wish we had a third beta, but I also don't want like a delay. I also like want the game to be as polished as it can be on release because like that's going to help us a lot. Um, and I think like there's something to be said about like having a brand new toy to look forward to on October 4th, like something that we haven't seen, what we haven't beta tested that like everybody's going to get to try it for the very first time immediately when the game comes out. That was kind of the concern that I had with the third beta is that we're going to roll into, you know, October 4th with nothing new. It's just going to be the same game. Just everybody gets to play it and it's not going away again. But now we actually have like a carrot to like chase. And while there is a lull in like time played, I think we've convinced enough people with the you two betas that like Overwatch 2 is a game that like you want to play is a better experience rather. Not only that, but like to the people that you didn't convince of the first two betas, I don't think a third one would convince them anyway. Yeah, I wouldn't convince them. Yep. Um Agreed. I also think the entire beta rollout is just again, it's not been the best from no. Blizzard. So like I to me I'm almost like Yeah, fuck it, don't do a third beta. It's like, you know, what the people that want to play that have been convinced by the betas, they're they're gonna play anyway. Yep. Fuck it, even the people that don't want to play, they're lying to themselves, they'll play anyway. It's free to play. They yep. will give it a go. It's gonna um, be the thing to do. I I almost think like not having a third beta might be right, because then people I think so, yeah. There's like you you just you're you get to avoid all the BS that comes with it where we're like people mm. like, oh, you know, the queue times and the oh, what's the population of the beta? People people will judge the third beta in a way that's not 
fair or indicative of the final product. Right. Which and I've had the and I've had a very long a very long rants in the past on this podcast about how consumers approach the idea of betas and how their understanding of betas are, which is very fucking poor. Mm-hmm. And people are like, oh, you know, that would, oh, such an insufferable rant, and you're not correct. It's like, am I? Am I not wrong? Am I incorrect about this? Because because again, you look at all the fucking comments. It's all people like talking about how how all their problems like oh i've watched two this i've watched two that like i'm not paying money for this again all the the most like uneducated comments ever was like i'm not gonna pay money for this like motherfucker it's free also this is not the final product like you just can't i don't know people don't understand that and you know i think people people underestimate how how bad the average consumer is so yeah, fuck it. Don't do a third beta. Just knock out, knock the game out on October fourth. Just best game possible. Don't worry about a beta. I'm sure it'll be fine. Only concern is like maybe because we don't get to test things out, things could be broken. Yeah. Uh, I would, I would still like a situation where they re- quote unquote release the third hero for the Overwatch League for like Countdown Cup or something, so that at least Overwatch League can play it and show it off. But more importantly. If at minimum the league players get to play and the teams get to scrim it and play it, they get to test it. And when you test it, we can find the problems with the hero. Because otherwise, if we don't have that, then shit could be wild on release. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. It's it's a bummer, but like I think whatever novelty we can add for the eventual launch, the better. I think because you don't just want like the F2P crowd. Am I wrong to assume that Overwatch 2 launch is F2P launch? Yes, it is. Okay. Uh, 100%. I mean, you want to bring in new and old players, right? I mean, how do you do that? F2P launch is one way, but also the new hero is another. So, uh, for, for the, you know, old heads. I mean, it'll be new for the public. Right. For the, for the vast majority of players who didn't even get to play the beta, whether because they, they didn't know about it or they weren't interested enough or they just couldn't get in, they a lot of people have, still haven't played Junker Queen or Sojin, so it's still new for like True. The, the vast, vast, vast majority of people. True. Because yeah. you have to be pretty hardcore to want to play a beta, whereas most people probably just, if you're a super casual player, you probably don't even know this. You might not even know the game is coming out. You might not even know it's free to play. You'd be surprised again at how, you know, little most people care about this kind of thing. Fair point. Um, Fair point. But yeah, at first I was disappointed that it wasn't a third bed, and now I'm like, ah, whatever. It's probably for the best. Yeah, I agreed. I think I'd kind of echo the, the same points there. Probably for the best. End of the day. It does suck a little for the consumer, but at the same time, given that the whole situation around this game and the internet is all optics focused, like if you can't generate positive optics off of having a third beta, then just don't even do it. Like it'll only bring negativity. You know, you'll it'll just stir the pot with Battle.net again. They'll be they'll be fucking frustrated at. God knows what, anything, everything frustrates them. Uh, and they frustrate me. 
And a lot of things frustrate me as well. Yeah. Just, just a negative circle of frustration. All right. Any further news? Did we cover everything? Is all the drama done? Are we, are, are we that's out, it. Are we fresh out of drama? Have we all, have we, have we dosed up? Are we all full, are we fully TMZ'd out or what? Mm, yeah. yeah, I think I'm good. Yeah, I mean, I think we purged it. I feel better. I feel lighter. I'm, I'm ready to submit myself to a day of zero correct preds. Uh, I'll tell you what, though. That's not going to be me because I got at least one right. But also, yeah. beyond that, now that we're out of drama, Yiska's going to create some more drama because we are still teasing the imminent release of a new Yiska article of budget tears and whatever. Yeah. And uh, plentiful drama will be generated from that. Believe you me. Yes. And plenty of celebrations, hopefully. Uh, of people that do a lot with very little. Do you want to? Do you want to tease when we might be seeing that article? We're not ready to talk about it yet. Um, I'm I'm going full steam ahead for tomorrow. I'm pretty confident that I can do it. Okay. I think so. So today for everyone listening to then. Right. So by the time this episode comes out, they already have it. Is what you're saying? Yes. And then by that time, we won't have talked about the drama, the new drama. You'll have generated new drama of which we haven't talked about it yet. Correct. <laughs> now, right, well, I will say, just to give you a little bit of an idea, and I'm not sure how much uh, I will put into the uh, eventual article, but I was surprised how much uh, interest there was from North American organizations in participating in this, to the point where I feel pretty confident about the submissions. Some were very gracious with their information. Um to the point I mean, where I think I can now communicate a safe because like here's here's one thing I could tell you some of the people's contracts uh, contract orders and whatnot I think it's not fair to single out individuals because mm -hmm. that's not you know like if if this was a collective bargaining position in in a union position and whatnot like then we would have all the salaries to single out one person is, is not great now I can give you benchmark numbers how much budget does uh, each team have? What can a player expect to do? What is con like what what kind of you know evaluations go in there? I have to make some caveats, right? Like this is still people self-reporting or like reporting on others. This is still like rough guesstimations. There's still some that, considering I was privy to some information of team finances, some of the general managers get it very wrong about other teams, right? Like. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to evaluate, right? So, in, still in aggregate, I think I'm I'm pretty uh, happy with what we landed at. I think there are mild inaccuracies there. Once again, keep in mind this is not an exact science. It's also not taking into account the facility that you have that you're paying for, uh, the food stipends, the the housing, the um, the tax rates the you know whatever a player might consider in their mm -hmm. uh in their estimation of well, uh, which team the tax to... breaks you get for me on florida <laughs> i mean it's it's very different like depending on which which state you're in right um this would yeah. have been a huge issue by the way like if if the, uh, paris ever was actually an organization playing in paris famously like uh 
French orgs uh, or fr French fo football teams have to play you double what other teams pay you just because their uh, to top pe uh, tax rate is so ridiculous. So PSG has to pay like had to pay like Slatan Ibrahimovic double of what the market price was just because their tax rate the top tax rate is like sixty percent or something ridiculous, right? So um, like me, I mean, it never be part of a French org. Yeah, I mean, it, and it's it's scales, right? It's uh, like you're not making millions yet, so your your mm. tax rate would probably be high. Like even mm. like researching some of the tax rates here, man, I'm crying. I'm like well above thirty percent. Yeah, right. So, oh well, but uh, I don't also have. So to what feel you're saying is, what you're saying is, yes, you get paid more for being on the LA Gladiators. But you're also paying the California government more. And with that, we'll see you all next week for the recap Hi. episode and also next week's preview. We're also going to be previewing the APAC games, uh, which you'll truly will be finally back on. 257 is coming up next week. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. We covered as much as we could. We'll see you next time. Peace.